You're listening to B2B Revenue Acceleration, a podcast dedicated to helping software executives stay on the cutting edge of sales and marketing in their industry. Let's get into the show. In this special episode of B2B Revenue Acceleration, we'll be hearing from host Aurelien Mottier and CEO of Tenbound, David Delaney. They discuss the sales development outsourcing report at the recent Tenbound conference, offering an exclusive look into how industry leaders use outsourced SDR agencies. Well, hello everybody. I'm back. I haven't I haven't moved, but uh, the conference has moved on. That was a great session we just had with Sean at Zoom Info, and I am honored and blessed to introduce the next guest. I call him by his nickname because I can't say his first name. Ray, how are you today? I'm very good, David. I'm very good. Ray, thanks for jumping on, and thanks to Operatics for helping us to run the the great 2022 Outsource Industry Survey. We're just honored and 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 so grateful for your support on this. Yeah, it's a pleasure, David. We we. I think the first time I met you, you were just starting 10 bounds, still going. Uh, we know it is to start a business. I love what you are doing. As I said to you many times, I think there is not enough people who are trying to help other uh, sales professional organization, particularly around the, the sales development piece. So as soon as we knew that you were doing a bit of a research, we, we wanted to help, which we think is normal. It's about helping the community. Absolutely. And I mean, this is a big endeavor. Uh, you know, when... When we um, interact with executives, um, and so, you know, essentially, Tenbound works with executives on the go-to-market side, CMOs and and VPs of sales, who sales development is one of their responsibilities. The managers and directors, like Sean from Zoom Info, and and, and then all the SDRs, especially on the executive side, they're wondering they need pipeline. They need sales pipeline, and they they're doing a ton of marketing activities. They're building their brand. They've got a great sales team, but they don't have enough pipeline. And so they uh, will hire an SDR team. They'll have a great SDR manager. But one of the pieces of the puzzle, especially if they're going after a niche market, is should we get involved should we use an outsourced agency an outsourced SDR agency and that's one of the burning questions and they you know they start to go on to google and talk to their friends and there's just not a lot of good benchmark reporting on that topic mm-hmm. and and so this is the second year that we've run the great 10 bound operatic sales development outsource survey and so just to give you that context we got over 250 responses asking a series of questions on how people think about hiring an outsourced agency and uh, when it's a when it's the right move and what their sentiment has been on working with companies like yours. So, Ray, when I first met you, um, I was uh, consulting with a cybersecurity company. Right. And and uh, if you remember, you came in and did a presentation. It was it was terrific, and. You, in starting the company, really focused on building pipeline in the cybersecurity area. Is that right? Yeah, we started with cybersecurity. We were agnostic now. So we have MarTech, FinTech, lots of infrastructure, still a lot of cyber. It's a very incestuous world. 
people get acquired, move on to another company, they take us with, with, with them. I guess the brands are not the most loyal because they do their stuff, you know, a PE company, PE firm gets involved or people sell out and want, want to, to move on to somewhere else. But, but the individual, the actual contributor, the VP marketing, the VP sales, the CMO, the CRO, the CEOs, are relatively loyal to us and always come back to us when they start the, their new venture. So we've had that side that has been doing very well. But now cybersecurity only represents around 30% of our revenue. And we are doing much more in terms of big data, infrastructure, martech, fintech. And we have created pods. So what we believe, we believe that you need to be an expert in what you do. So we've got pods of expertise for each of those different type of solution. Uh, and it's about understanding what people speak around the board table, really. And if you want to be good at proactive, it's not about your product. It's not about your value proposition. It's about what's happening in those organizations. So intelligence on what's going on is, is what fuel uh, the success of our team. Yep. And if, if you, there's a lot of ways to think about this. So as, as a leader of sales development, um, you know, you, you, you want to think, the next level up in your organization. What what are the CMOs and VPs really concerned about? And and you know what, one of the main pieces is we need to build pipeline. And and so that's when it comes down: do we hire an internal team? Do we use an outsource team? Do we blend the two? You know what's what's our next move here? And yeah. so one of the key characteristics. I'll get into the survey. But one of the key characteristics that you mentioned is the expertise in the industry that you're calling on and, and understanding the industry and the personas and the vocabulary to, to the degree that you're almost fluent in that um, and, and you can be more effective in your messaging. 100%. I mean, the way I would have characterized it is speed. You know, CMO, CROs, they need speed. Uh, particularly if you're speaking to an early stage company or if you're speaking to a scale-up, they want speed. The day they made the decision to outsource, they're already three months behind, right? Mm. So they want you to get going. The expectations are really high and the first 30, 60, 90 days are absolutely critical. And um, yeah, I think speed is the, is the most important aspect that the CMOs and CROs are looking for. And the expertise is linked to it because if you know the market, if you've got data in the market, if you know the accounts, if you know what's happening in this organization, of course, that will, that will help the speed. So I would say speed is probably the most predominant things that those guys are after. Yep. And, and one of the big questions that we get at 10Bound is, should I just outsource the whole SDR team, which is kind of scary, you know, because I, I, I grew up in the 80s, right? And so if you got outsourced, it means you were essentially thrown out on the street. Um, it was a bad time. But, but uh, <laughs> you know, that, that's the, the main question. Or should I have only an in-house team or potentially blend? So let's, let's dive into the survey because yeah. we, we go into some of those questions. Sure. Yep. Okay. So the respondents, people-wise. So the, interesting um, on this front is that most of the people that responded are in a managerial role or, or an executive role. So they're, they're thinking about 
this and the survey appealed to them because they really wanted to get a free copy of the report, which we have actually, it's in the, it's in the chat um, from operatics. And, and so they want to understand which, which of these should I do and, and create that benchmark. Most of the companies that, that responded are in the U.S., just a smattering uh, from, from Europe. And that's probably because Tenbound is based in the U.S. and most of the people that are involved in this are in the U.S. And, and then average sale price is pretty much across the board. But the meaty, meaty part is, um, you know, a, a mid-size to sort of entry-level, an entry-level enterprise deal. I just want to share, I'm, I'm getting a... Uh, a, a SDR call right now, uh, live on the interview, and it's marked as spam. So we did a, a interview a while ago on how to get around that. So make sure if your calls are being marked with spam, you have to do some stuff on the back end. But anyways, how long is your average deal cycle? So again, we're getting into like the entry level enterprise. And that could be, again, the, the people that we're focused on uh, because Ray, I know a lot of your clients, they are actually large deal enterprise accounts that you work with. Is that correct? Yeah, it's correct. I think the the we, we've developed a bit of a reputation to help disruptive vendors. And we we like to operate in the enterprise world. We like to be a little bit more account-based, maybe than some other companies. We do a fair amount of, you know, I can see the, on the slide you've got here, like appointment setting, inbound sales. These are the classic services, right? But the account-based outbound, I think, is really something that not only our clients are struggling to do, but other agencies don't know where to start. Uh, and and this, it's a bit of an art about, you know, how do you open the door and how do you then do the deep dive in the account when you're selling something and there is multi-buyer persona and you want that to create that consensus where everybody can make a decision and decide for the solution. So I find quite interesting that the event registration is low, uh, but that's probably due to COVID and the fact that people are struggling to get face-to-face -face into events. But what I would say is that event registration should be part of an appointment setting or an account-based outbound program. I don't really understand why people do ad hoc around, you know what, you've got a month, David, here is a list of 200 people I want an attendant. I think that's not quality. I think what should happen is we work together. We are your team, okay? We are targeting those people anyway, and the event should only be one call, call of action or call to action, okay? So you could almost use the event as an excuse to go back to a nurturing pot, or you could use the event as, uh, as a way to get someone that doesn't want to get, have an appointment with you because that's yeah. the problem of appointment setting campaign. You call prospects because you want an appointment with them. And sometimes because you want the appointment so bad, you forget to focus on the essence of the conversation. And when you, forget, when you focus on the essence of the conversation, you often, get, you often get what I would say as a byproduct, that meeting coming your way anyway. So right. it's, it's, it's kind of interesting the way it works. But yeah, we all do services are things that we do. Lead generation, not so much. We, we leave that to marketing. If, if I've got a good understanding of, of lead generation, and list management, again, I think we will be too expensive. We don't offshore any resources. So, you know, if you want to do list management, do it do it somewhere cheap. Don't do it with people based in London or Dallas or San Jose. Yeah, I mean, this is actually really surprising to me because if you think about it like a, like a funnel, sort of the very, very top of the funnel is just identifying people uh, getting them 
some information, maybe getting them interested in, in a, attending an event and things like that. And and yet the number one, you know, almost 20% of the respondents was appointment setting, which is like way down the funnel. I mean, they have to know about you. They got to kind of trust you yeah. and they've got to give you 15% of your time. So that was surprising actually. Yeah. But um, you know, the, the, the outbound appointment setting is again, I think I will come back to your question later about what, what they should do. Should they outsource everything or not? But it's, yeah. More, I think it's more difficult. The appointment setting and the account-based outbound is more difficult for inside teams for the simple reason that they tend to be brainwashed about the product and the functionalities. And if you lead an outbound conversation with, with functionalities and how your product is the best on the market, you know people won't respond to that. People respond about what their problems are, what issues they are facing. And if you can't correlate the two, your chances of getting an appointment are really slim. So asking people what they would outsource I'm not surprised appointment is coming up. I'm a bit surprised that outbound sales is not a little bit higher because we see a lot of people that want more like of complete sales cycles and they want to outsource that completely, particularly for mid-market stuff. But there you go. Yeah, and and uh, I'll, I'll cut to the chase. I mean, it, would we what we recommend really is that you have both because you can you can see yeah. you know in talking with with Ray that the learnings and the insights and the, the expertise that an outsource agency can bring can feed into the, the learning and the playbook of your internal team. And it yeah. can go back and forth. Um, with, a, with an outsource agency, you don't have the talent pipeline um, you know, to, to work into your, that Sean was just talking about in, in Zoom Info, but you can get better results faster at the same time. So why not have both? But anyway, that's just overall recommendation that we make when people ask about this. And I think it, you know, if you look at the next the uh, question, do, do you, does it ever make, make, make sense to completely outsource? We got a strong response. It was like 68% yeah. either strongly or slightly agree. And, um, you know, that's counterintuitive because what are your What are your thoughts on that? And well, know, first and foremost, imagine if we sponsor the the survey and you have only people disagreeing with it. So I'm quite glad it's going <laughs> our way. Yeah? Ooh, that's it. Relax now. Um, now I think I think I think you you made you made uh, you made a very good point. Um, I I believe it's a question of stage in your life. Okay. Um, okay. You know you you you. You come out, if, if I take an example, when I was a student and I had to paint a wall or fix something in my house, I would probably go to the shop, buy some paint and do it myself. I would not outsource, didn't really have the money to do it, could do it myself. It was not a big place or whatever. Now I, had, I outsource absolutely pretty much everything. Okay. <laughs> because I'm in a position where I need my time back. And quite frankly, if someone else do it, they probably are likely to do it better than me. But yeah. I was not in that mindset, right? So yeah, I, I, I think there is that. I think you made a fantastic point about people should outsource to, but and you when you outsource to the right company, you should get insight that really helps you to understand what's happening in your market, what the prospects are saying, what's the voice of the customer, what are the systems that I should use, what sequences should I build, what's my SDR playbook looks like, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. If you work with an expert. Um, and I say that to lots of, of clients who ask me the question, should I outsource, should I not outsource? What I say to them, I say, look, you are smart people. 
you will not be on that job being paid big money in a tech startup or a tech scale-up if you are not smart. So quite frankly, you can do it yourself. If you come to us, you can either do it in three months, six months and get it to work. But if you do it on your own, it may take you nine months, 12 months to figure out how to make it work. So really it's a question of how quickly do you need it? Mm-hmm. And when you get to that conversation, that's why I, I think you know people are more keen to, to outsource in the first place is for the speed of execution again, getting yeah. to the results. Yeah, I, I think of when my dishwasher stopped working and I, I could spend, you know, five hours on YouTube and buying all these oh, manuals. Man. And I, I swear I could fix it at some point. But uh, my wife called the my guy. My wife doesn't allow me to take the toolbox out, out <laughs> of the garage anymore. Like, she, no. she sounds like a lovely, <laughs> a lovely woman. She knows me well. So it's good. So, yeah. And, and again, you know, we got great results from it. So it, it definitely works. So if they're thinking, they're like, okay, we have an internal team, we love them, they're doing a great job, but we need more pipeline and we need it fast. We need an expert in the industry. How do we set up an agency for success to either integrate or to take over the sales development program? Yeah, so that's a fantastic topic. That's actually a topic that we are are looking at in a lot of detail with our customer success team, our sales team, and our operation guys. The reason why we're looking at it in detail is that we have, we've had a, a, a little bit less satisfaction from newish clients towards the second half of 2021. And I think the reason behind that is we've been a little bit victim of our success. And we have a good reputation in the market and word of mouth go that operatics fix all your problem. Okay, so people come oh. and our sales team would probably not bring enough friction in the process. So people come, we get things going very quickly. We get going, and then we find an ordeal, another ordeal. We try to fix it. We 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 obviously calibrate, but perception can go up very quickly. Okay. So now what we are doing is really working on that enablement. Okay, and setting expectation, spending time with our prospect, really bringing friction in the cycle, almost telling them this is the list of things that could go wrong, and this is the process we've got for every single one of them. And we wanted to show you that because no matter if you do it with us or with someone else or on your own, these are the issues that we will face, okay? So I think that's extremely important. The other thing is that we need to agree with clients that enablement is one thing, but nobody comes out of an onboarding and knows how to do something. So ongoing training is also very important. How do we do that ongoing training? Treating the team as an extension Again, if you're going to outsource, don't treat them as a supplier. Don't treat them as a third party or people that are lower. Just bring them as part of the team. Make them feel good. Work on the psychology. If people like you, they will work harder for you. If they don't like you, you'll struggle to get things from them. Okay? So that's kind of common sense. But again, sometimes we've got clients that don't turn up to weekly business review, don't turn up to monthly business review, and they expect it's fine because they are busier than us. But... Yeah. When you don't get the support, when you don't get the love, it's a bit difficult to give the love back. Okay, so if yeah. you want 100% of the people, you've got you've got to make them feel good. Understanding the challenge of running a team. I mean, again, it's kind of coming back to bringing the friction. There will be turnover in an SDR team. You know, in your previous conversation with Sean, is that Sean? Yeah, I just mm-hmm. want to make sure I remember his name. Yeah. He was talking about people being promoted internally. Okay. 
what we suggest to our clients is when we're going to introduce you to your BDR SDR, have a chat about their career path so they can tell you what they want to do. Maybe you've got an opportunity for them. Maybe we can work together to get that guy or that girl working on the program for nine months, 12 months, feel great, do a good job, and then we'll help them to move to their next, the next part of their career path, okay? But being very clear and transparent about it is refreshing. You know, when we've got clients saying, no, David's got to stay on my company. I don't care if, he, if he's got all the right attributes to become a manager. He's a great BDSDR for me. If you remove him, I'm leaving you guys. Usually we say to the clients, okay, go. Because it's people first. It's those, those guys have worked six months, nine months, 10 months, 18 months on your program. Now they want to progress. Guess what? I was that guy. You are that guy, David. We all have been those guys. We've got to give them their chance. So th these are the things that are also very important. And then the last one is using the insights provided. Um, yeah. You know, it sounds bizarre, but sometimes people get with us or get with an outsourcer and they kind of force you the way of doing things. And what I love the most, the best example is someone coming up and say, oh, I've got a script. Say, okay, show me your scripts. I say, yeah, it's the script that we use with the last three agencies. And then we use it with a team that we built internally. Never really worked, but I'm pretty sure that with your reputation, you guys can make it work. <laughs> so you just take it, shoot, tear it apart and say, no, let us lead. Let us show you. Let us be, mm. give you the guidance. And sometimes some of our clients, they don't like some of the feedback we've got to give them because it's extra work, because it's not as easy and plain sailing as they were expecting it to be. But yeah. You know, in any relationship, I think you need friction if you want it to grow. And, okay. and, and that's what we are trying to do because, yeah, when it's too easy, when clients come because their friend told you that you are the best thing since sliced bread, they come in, they just give you everything they've got. They don't negotiate. They don't want to ask the question. You go and then they realize that it's not what they were expecting because their perception was perfect and this. Average, because at the beginning of a program, it's difficult, right? So you've got to accept calibration. That's where the issue comes. But um, so, yeah. So what I would say is a bit of friction. Treat the team as an extension of yours, as your friends, as your kids, or whoever. But give them respect, and you're going to get respect back. And use the insight that we, we the arts also will provide to get better. Completely. And, and as a part of the survey, we did interviews with five or six uh, top sales and marketing leaders. And it's exactly to your point, the one of the, 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 the thought process of a lot of people outsourcing is set it and forget it. Yeah. You know, it's like here, Ray, I've got this huge, big, ugly problem. You take it. I got to go do something else. And, and that's, that's where it sort of goes off the rails, right? Because you, You've got to be involved. You would never do that with an internal SDR team unless you were really lousy, you know, VP or director. You wouldn't just set them up and put them in the corner and think that they're going to produce. But people do that with the outsource agencies that they, yeah. they work with. And, and let's comment on that. Is the, yeah. the amount is probably, I would say that around 80% of the clients that leave us for that perception and say, oh, yeah, well, you know what, I will do it. It's going to be better if I do it myself. I would say that 80% come back to us six months later after trying it themselves. Mm -hmm. And they just come back and say, you know what? Okay. Okay, guys. All right. Uh, we get it now. 
And and sometimes you need that. You know, yeah. it's it's an important step because again, the grass looks greener, so let's go that way, but it doesn't taste as nice. It's just so yeah, you know. There's no silver bullet. And, and it, you know, it's interesting because we see this on our clients. It's a, it's a, it's a pendulum. You know, they'll, they'll go, I'm going to try in-house SDR. It doesn't work. We'll get rid of them. We'll go with an agency. That didn't work. We'll go back to it. And, 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 you know, and then people are always coming in and out of the company. You know, they only stay at the company for one or two years and then they move to the next company. And it's just this ongoing, it's, it doesn't create an excellent pipeline production machine it's it's this jalopy i don't know if you're familiar <laughs> with that i i've got time for one more question ray this Wrong. has been so interesting thank you for sharing your knowledge and i forgot to mention also visit the booths you can get a free uh copy of the report that we're talking about for planning you can meet with the operatics team they're over in the virtual booth and get more information and also zoom info at, you know, and the other sponsors have their booth there. One last question from Ido at, uh, I hope I'm saying that right, TCK. He's, I've met him before. He's developing a sweet intelligence product. How yeah. do you get your intelligence to your SDRs and BDRs so that they can come up to speed quickly oh. and have something interesting to say? Yeah. So, so we've built, um, we, we, we've, when we were all in the office, and we were a small company. We used to call it the meerkat system. You know, the meerkat are those little things that just stand up. And if they see something, they just speak to each other and they all know. And then they go in the hole together. That was the meerkat, yes. right? So you've got the, you've got the separator and you just pop your hand and you just say, you know what? I've got this. I've got that. The intelligence was flowing that way. With GDPR and things like CCPA in the US, you've got to be a little bit more careful with what you're handling. But what we've built, because I appreciate we need to be conscious of time is that for every single one of our clients, we, we found a system that is basically a multi-tenancy CRM. So we can we can run a company in their own little silo, in their own little environment, but we have a, a, a two-way synchronization with a, a platform that we call CID, Central Intelligence Database. So basically, if you, David, you're going to call onto an account, update some contact details, update some intelligence on the account, such as, okay, those guys are looking at reducing operational costs by 20%, okay? We can't say they have a project around this. We can't say this or that because we can't have information flowing from one client to the other. But the overarching intelligence, which is checked by your quality team, will then go into the system, which means that if you are... If your colleague John, who is working uh, uh, in another state, is kind of targeting the same accounts but for another company, that... 20% increase of productivity or efficiency, they will get a pop-up saying that company that is in your target list are looking after that. And basically, do you have a value proposition that is relevant to that? Uh, to that. So central intelligence database, multi-tenancy CRM, and basically 250 people that are cleansing our data every day worldwide, which are the people yeah. doing the job. Wow. Okay. So, and I, I'm going to connect you with Ido because his yeah, technology is amazing. So, you know, it sounds like you got it all figured out, but you could always, always use some more. So uh, Ray, thank you again. Thank you for supporting the survey. Everybody go to the booth, grab the survey, talk to operatics. And um, next up, 
James Barton, who is an amazing sales development leader in the cybersecurity space. Ray, you should you should jump into this next Absolutely. one. Absolutely. He's going to talk about. I mean, he's he's been going up through the ranks to run huge sales development programs, and he's going to share his five pearls of wisdom with us for sales development leadership. Ray, thank you so much for jumping on, and we'll see you in the next talk. Absolutely. Pleasure. Thank you, David. You've been listening to B2B Revenue Acceleration. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.